0: Thank you for listening to the conformed to christ podcast where we seek to engage the mind affect the heart and call people to follow christ i'm jay jones and i'm here with george mays what's up george hey how you doing
1: doing all right you're we back we're back yeah we had the miss uh <laughs> text driven tuesday yeah yeah it was yeah. a interesting day
0: you had a funeral and it was a rainy day <clears throat> funeral huh
1: oh yeah yeah it was yeah, I was on standby for this uh this graveside all day. Yeah. They they weren't even sure when they were doing it. Yeah. So it and the time just kept changing. They kept they kept calling me. Now it's this time. Now it's this time. <laughs> it's, yeah. It was bizarre. It was really bizarre. It was uh so it was an interesting day. Yeah. So, went out and did a graveside funeral in the rain.
2: All right. So that's why we
1: didn't have a text driven yep, Tuesday. That's this why week. we missed
2: it. So, so, but
0: we're back, and yep. it's Friday. Hopefully, start the weekend off good. And I was thinking about today. I was like, man, I'm tired of talking about this stuff. Are you? I kind of tired tired about it, but it's not ever going to end. And so we got to <laughs> talk about it. And hof- yeah. hopefully, uh, I mean, because people get bombarded with this stuff, and hopefully, this helps them just kind of think through it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, to see, okay, what am I hearing? It's it's got Christian lingo in it. Mm-hmm. How do I evaluate it, and uh, how to make sense of it? And is this biblical? Right. So, but I get kind of tired about it because it's the same stuff keeps coming up over and over. Man, it's all CRT and intersectionality and mm-hmm. wokeism and and all this stuff just over and over. But it is a major threat. Do you see that that pastor at Denton Bible Church? I can't remember what his name is. He's been a pastor, I think, like 40 years. He said this is the most dangerous thing to the church oh, he's yeah. ever seen.
1: Yeah. Did you see Phil Vischer's response to it, though? I didn't. What did he say? Yeah. I don't even know who this guy was. Do you know who this guy was? I, I, I have no idea who this pastor um, was.
0: Denton Bible Church is a pretty big, influential Bible church in the Bible church world, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about him.
1: Yeah, he said that this is the most, what, insidious thing he's seen in the church in his time of ministry. Uh, well, Phil Vischer of VeggieTale fame. We've talked about Phil Vischer on here. Um, he's he's super woke. He, uh, he responded on Twitter with something like, and this is a pastor who is old enough to remember um, race riots and church bombings or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said um, something like, God forgive us. Something like that, Phil Vischer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's he's missing. I think he's missing the point. Um, the point is not racism. The point is what the church is being told is the answer to racism. Right. Which is all the woke nonsense. It's critical race theory as an analytical tool. Right. Um, you know. Following this this godless this godless ideology and worldview of, of oppressor and oppressed, and the the answer is to um, to divest yourself of whiteness. Um, that's that's what that's what this pastor is talking about. This yeah. insidious godless um, infestation in the church.
0: Well, yeah, and it's dangerous because it seeks to rewrite uh, what the gospel is mm-hmm. and what the mission of the church in the world is, and right. that's what we're going to see in this clip. That's oh, why yeah. it's dangerous. So, so racism, I think Phil Fisher, he's looking back at mm-hmm. those bombings and the terrible evil of what it is. But I would argue that the gospel overcame that. Yeah, like that still doesn't exist in American churches today, and it doesn't exist because well, I the, think the
1: problem is they think that it. That it is just as bad, like racism is just as as bad and systemic, in um, you know promoted by even the governments. Yeah. Now they they uh, they would say that yeah it is it is just as bad it is just as is uh, systematic. Um.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, it, I don't. I don't understand how they can say that and how they can can. Mm-hmm. can you know, it's it's mind-boggling to me. Yeah, I feel like there's more uh, racial tension today than there was any time since I've since I've grown up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I,
1: I I lament it pretty often. the The last three years or so, I've thought about race more than I ever have my entire life. Yeah. Um, and maybe they'd probably point at me and say, "Well, it's because you're a white guy. Yeah, and because you're in the the privileged." status right right i mean they have an answer for everything it's always because you're white
0: yeah it's it's um i don't think that's 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 what's going on though i mean i i grew up in uh my dad was in the military so in some places you know all my friends would when i was younger most of them would be black kids Mm. i was over my parents and they're scrolling through some of the pictures of when i was really little um and it's me and a bunch of black kids i'm like the only white kid yeah um, and then in my schools, there was a pretty even even mix uh, between Hispanics and blacks and, and whites and several of them. Um, maybe even w- white wouldn't even be the majority in, in a few of them. Um, and so I just never grew up thinking about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the Army, and in the Army, right. race, race isn't a thing at all. I mean, it's a meritocracy. So you're literally promoted based off of your merit. Mm-hmm. And so there are, you have black superiors they're your commanders. Uh, they're your first sergeants, and it, it's just a foreign world now. That now, now I'm here in a civilian I'm a civilian. I'm a pastor now, and then all of a sudden, over the past five years, this pops up out of nowhere, and you know we're being bombarded and told, you know, you've got to do the work of anti-racism, yeah. and all these things, which we'll talk about. But the real threat to it all is that it seeks to redefine uh, the mission of the church and what the gospel is right. at its heart that's why it's dangerous yeah right right so we're going to we're going to jump in and show this do you want me to you well, want let's, to jump into the clip or do you well, want to talk let's, about let's that, talk
1: uh, about let's talk about Pope Francis first okay um, he's always like our warm up he's our warm up yeah
0: <laughs> like every time it's <laughs> the What'd, yeah we the always say?
1: we always before we get into the the uh, heart of the episode I, we always want to talk about the pope
0: it's like hey what did the pope say this week? right <laughs> oh uh, what did jd greer say this week <laughs> hey, which one which one's going to give us
1: right something you know i've i haven't seen anything from jd greer in a couple of weeks i've been a little disappointed he was my thursday night entertainment yeah. <laughs> seeing what what he was tweeting uh but i haven't seen anything i'm not i haven't been seeking it out but uh, i haven't seen anything uh, pop up recently. But uh, this, this morning, uh, this story broke uh, on Pope Francis. Interesting. Um, we've talked about how Pope Francis is, uh, he, he seems to constantly be at odds with church tradition in, in the Catholic Church. And I, I don't know how um, you know rank-and-file uh, Catholics in the pews view him, uh, but it's, it's interesting uh, the things that he he does and says. But this one is particularly interesting because at least in part, we would agree with him on this. <laughs> not whole. Uh, as I continued reading what he said, I was like, hey, he kind of seems to be talking out of both sides of his mouth. But the headline on CatholicNewsAgency.com is Pope Francis said, Jesus entrusted Mary to us as a mother, not as co-redeemer. <laughs> yeah. And now, it, why is this such a big deal?
0: Well, because I think since the Middle Ages, the church has referred to Mary as co-redemptrix. Mm-hmm. Um and even even popes have, I mean, this it's kind of become church tradition. Yeah. Right. So the Catholic Church has two authorities. Mm-hmm. Like we as as Protestant, as Reformed Protestants, we believe in sola scriptura. I think it's hanging, yeah, right right here behind me, scripture alone. Yeah. They're in blue. Uh, so we have we believe in one authority right? for the Church and and for our lives. Yeah. Uh, well, the final authority, let's say the one final authority. They have two. So the Catholic Church has Church tradition and Scripture. Yeah. So they may have uh, popes and councils may teach certain things. Well, what they have taught then comes to be how they interpret the Scripture. Right. So they'll interpret Scripture based off of their tradition. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we end up at very different places. Right. Um, and so they, she's been co-redemptrix for. That's why they pray to her. They, I mean, they do these things. And uh, yeah.
1: So she actually plays a role in redeeming people.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I thought they believed.
1: Yeah. Well, um, and then the pope came. And then up the pope and, came. Up. Yeah. He uh, he said that while Christians had always given Mary beautiful titles, it was important to remember that Christ is the only redeemer. Yeah. Hey, where is that? Christ alone, right here. Christ alone. Christ alone. Yeah, he's uh, he's the Redeemer. Um, he says that she's uh, she's been given to us as a mother, not as a goddess, not as co-redeemer, as mother. Yeah. we. Uh, he said, quote, we need to be careful. The things the church, the saints say about her, beautiful things about Mary, subtract nothing from Christ's soul redemption. He is the only redeemer. Mm.
0: Yeah, so when Martin Luther took his stand, you know, he said, uh, popes and councils have so often contradicted themselves. So this would be an example an example of a pope Uh, contradicting. Yeah, I mean, even another pope is uh, Pope Leo the Eighth called her co redemptrix. In uh, 19, uh, 1894. Okay. So here's a pope contradicting another pope. Right. Now, he didn't speak ex-cathedra. He wasn't sitting on his pope throne. but, you know, but <laughs> Is that what it's called? But it still plays into the tradition and teachings of the church, right? what the popes talk about and what they teach. Yeah. So here's two popes contradicting mm-hmm. themselves again. And again, this is what Luther ran into <clears throat> in his time. Yeah. He's saying the Bible. So we, we, we've got to get back
1: to what the Bible says. <laughs> right. Right. So, so he says this. All right. So, I would agree with him on this. He says, quote, Christ is the mediator. Christ is the bridge that we cross to turn to the Father. He is the only Redeemer. There are no co-redeemers with Christ. He is the only one. He is the mediator par excellence. Hey, I'd I'd shake the Pope's hand on that one, right? But then he says this. He says about Mary, he says, she occupies a privileged place in the lives of Christians and therefore in their prayer as well because she is the mother of Jesus. So... She's not co redemptrix She's she's not a mediator, uh, but you still pray to her because she's the mother mother of the church, I guess. Yeah.
0: And so, if here's what I'd say: like, I don't know if any Catholics are listening to this. If what the Pope said is true—that Jesus is a mediator, the mediator between God and man—you don't need other mediators, mm-hmm. right? You don't need to go to priests, right? You don't go. You don't need to go to a priest to have your sins forgiven to confess, you yeah. go to Christ, confess, pray, find forgiveness because of Christ. Yeah. Right? So I, I this is what's confusing to me about this pope.
1: Yeah, Mary is there praying for us, praying for those who do not pray to pray with us. Why? Because she is our mother. You don't you don't need Mary to pray for you.
0: Yeah, why would you need Mary to pray for you?
1: Because you have Someone praying for you right now. <laughs> I mean,
0: we're in we are in John seventeen. Yeah. In the in the in the sermons on Sunday, we talk about them on text driven Tuesday. Yeah. And Jesus prays. The whole thing is that Jesus, as a high priest, prayed for you, right? And he lives to continually make intercession, right? As a great high priest for his people. Yeah. You don't need to pray to anybody. Pray to him. Right. Right uh why why do you need to go to someone else he's he's there with the father and he speaks to the father for you it's it's a bizarre thing
1: yeah um because he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever consequently he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to god through him since he always lives to make intercession for them that's um, Hebrews chapter nine, yeah, uh, verses uh, twenty four and twenty five. Mm-hmm. That's that's the hope that we have. Not that Mary is praying for us, yeah, but that Christ is praying for us. You don't mm-hmm. need Mary to pray for you. You already have the Son of God who is interceding for you. He lives. Yeah. He's he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes for you. Um, Paul, that's why Paul writes in first First Timothy, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's it, right?
0: that's right that's that's right
1: yeah we got it yeah so the Pope um he's at odds with church tradition here um, that Mary is not a co-redeemer but he still says that you pray to her and she prays for you and and uh, he's he still is undermining the fact that it's Christ alone right that you you don't need Mary and her intercession Mary is an example of a saint she she is a saint yeah um but not based on her good works, based on the fact that she trusted in the Messiah. She, yeah. she trusted in her son.
0: Yeah. Well, we we could spin off into a whole other thing, because they don't believe that, you know, I don't think they believe that Mary was saved by the work of Christ, either. I think they believe she was sinless. Yeah. So, a whole other
1: area. Immaculate to, conception. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let's jump into this Ibrahim X. Kendi okay. uh, clip. Before we do, can you kind of intro to us who he is? Did you find any information on him?
1: Because um, we're
0: gonna we're gonna yeah, jump into the segment where we're gonna talk about how and why we the CRT and intersectionality and uh, wokeism is dangerous to the gospel and it redefines what a church is and what the church's mission is. And he's very influential today. He's one of the main guys.
1: Right? Yeah. Well, this is from his website. Um, it says that he's one of America's foremost historians and leading anti-racist scholars. Um, he's written a, uh, a number one New York Times bestseller, um, but for some, oh, of seven books. He's written seven books, but his, I guess his, his most famous one is How to Be an Anti-Racist. Yeah, How to Be an Anti-Racist, yeah. yeah. How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, I did find this uh, this tweet from him that I think sheds a little bit of light on him. Um, he uh, and we're going to talk about this white the savior theology, as he calls it. Um, he he says that uh, the the white the white savior um, idea informs what I call savior theology. That the job of the Christian is to save all those backward, savage, lowly humans. Thank God, I learned liberation theology. That the job of the Christian is to liberate oppressed peoples from their oppression. So here's a guy. I, I couldn't find where he actually calls himself a Christian, but it seems like he he would call himself a Christian, um, but he holds the liberation theology. Yeah, liberation theology. I don't know when this this came up. It was 1900s, right? Like this is a twentieth century. Yeah, it's newer invention, it, isn't it? it?
0: It came originated in South America. Mm-hmm. Yep, in um. It really emerged out of uh, Marxist ideologies, Right. but it, it became popular in America because of the writing of well, what's the name? I was reading his book earlier this year. I was talking to you about it. Oh man, the fa- hes like the American father right. of Black liberation theology. Yeah, lost his name, man. I'm gonna look it up. So I got to look it up right now. My phone okay. is <laughs> bothering me. I got his book. I could probably run in there
1: and grab his book off on my desk. I know exactly who you're talking about too. I can even, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he uh, he holds to um, he holds to liberation theology, which, James Cone. James Cone, yeah, James Cone, um, which is uh, you know at, at odds with what um, we would say the gospel is. Yeah, um, I mean, just right off the bat, just saying what what
0: he said: uh, yeah. white savior theology. This right. view that we have to go into the world and save. Mm-hmm. Those what did he call them? Inferior savages or something? I don't even know what he said. Yeah
1: the the uh, the backward savage, lowly humans. Yeah.
0: Right? Well, the problem I have with that is, you know, Jesus is a brown person. Mm-hmm. All his disciples were brown people. Yeah. Except for maybe Paul. Maybe Paul's mixed ish. You think he's mixed? Kind of looks white, I don't whitish. Have no idea. Being where from where he's from. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but they so their mission initially as they go outside of. Uh, Israel to Rome is they're engaging white savages. Yeah, <laughs> so that so it's like brown people. It's it's brown savior theology.
1: Well, it, should we call it that? It it seems like this is another instance of rewriting history. That they think that as um, Christianity spread into the West into Europe, that white people got a hold of it and they changed the message of it. Mm. As if we're we've changed what the the Jewish the the Middle Eastern understanding of Christianity, right? Um, and the disciples and Jesus they they were teaching something different, but white people got a hold of it and they they distorted it. Um, which again, you have to show that from the scripture, right? Because we believe that that the scriptures were written by um, first century Jewish men. Mm-hmm and uh so to to make the argument that um white people have taken Christianity and distorted it and they they've changed it into this white savior um ideology you gotta you gotta argue it from the scripture because if you don't argue it from the scripture, then um I don't believe you right I don't believe you because I, I think that this was these are authentic that these were actually written um in the first century, and uh people like matthew and and John, they they know more about what Jesus taught than Abram ex-Kendi, right? Right. Yeah, so
0: let's play this clip, and
1: there's a lot of irony in this clip, right? <laughs> yeah, there is. That's a, let's wait. Let's, say, let's save that. Okay. Let's save that till the end, but watch very watch the video very closely and see if you can pick up on anything in the video as he's talking.
0: Okay. It's one minute, 53 seconds. Let's hear it.
3: Liberation theology. In other words, Jesus was a revolutionary. <laughs> and the job of the Christian is to revolutionize society. That the job of the Christian is to liberate society from the powers on, on earth that are oppressing humanity.
1: What is your liberation Everybody theology? Everybody understand
3: that. So that's liberation theology in a nutshell. Savior theology is a different type of theology. The job of the Christian is to go out and save these individuals who are behaviorally deficient. In other words, we're to bring them into the church, these individuals who are doing all of these evil, sinful things, and heal them and save them. (laughs) And then once we've saved them, we've done our jobs. And, and to me, anti-racists fundamentally reject savior theology. That goes right in line with racist ideas and racist theology in which they say, you know what, black people, other racial groups, the reason why they're struggling on earth is because of what they're behaviorally doing wrong. And it is my job as the pastor to sort of save these wayward black people or wayward poor people. or or wayward queer people. That type of theology breeds bigotry. And and so to me, the type of theology, of liberation theology breeds a common humanity, a common humanity against the structures of of power that, that oppress us all.
1: There you have it, George. Claps all around. Uh, there we go. Can you bring that can you bring that clip back up just a still still photo of that clip? Just what's what's on that wall back there, Jay?
0: Mm. <laughs> I think that's the great commission, George. <laughs> <laughs> that's the irony of this thing, right? I don't what where are they at? You know where this I don't this know thing what was. church
1: I don't know what church this is. Some big cathedral, but yeah. um, as he's talking about how uh we, we gotta get away from the savior theology. He's got the Great Commission on the wall behind him, <laughs> which that, is about that says, Go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded. <laughs> yeah. Um let's let's start with just his understanding of historical Christianity. Okay. Um or as he he'd call it, the savior theology. Did you pick up on what his what his main criticism was of savior theology? It's that they have wrong behaviors, right? Yeah, he doesn't. That, we, that we've got to go and change. We got to change their behaviors.
0: He doesn't understand. Yeah,
1: he doesn't understand what actually Christianity <laughs> teaches. He doesn't.
0: Yeah. It, the yeah he has this idea that we just get people conform to a certain way of living mm-hmm. yeah
1: that probably feeds into this idea that christianity is just a bunch of colon you know colonizers where we're just trying to go in and, and change everyone to become um white people i guess yeah, but <laughs> but that's, that's probably how want, he would understand just it. just want to conform everyone to western yeah Standards yeah. of living, mm-hmm. right? Um, instead of understanding, at the heart of the gospel is that we have we we are sinners, not not we're we don't and uh, you know Christianity in America has made this mistake also. We don't we're we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because our very nature is corrupt yeah. and alienated from God, and so we are depraved. Yeah. So we that the actions flow out of our nature. So there's something wrong with our heart. Therefore, we live a certain way. Yes. So in order for us to be saved, it's not to change our behavior. Something has to happen to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he he's not grasping this at all. No. And so he's saying that Christianities who hold to this you know savior theology, they're going to. Um, as he says that he, you know, he he got this, uh, you know, caricature, backward, savage, right. lowly humans, and we're just trying to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop doing these things and become Civil. uh, Learn civilized. To do this. Yeah. Be civilized. become civilized. Yeah. yeah, instead of saying you're you are alienated from God because of your rebellion against Him. Yeah, um, God God has written His moral law into the very fabric of, of who you are, and y- your conscience knows that you are a sinner. And you're, you are under God's wrath unless the Holy Spirit changes your heart and, and you look to Christ, and that's how you're saved.
0: Yeah. And so then what they do is redefine um, Christianity in liberation mm-hmm. terms. Yeah. Jesus came as a liberator to liberate people from oppressive powers and of right. course, that's why he was crucified because he was a radical and he was fighting the powers of the on the on the earth that were there. Yeah. And um, I don't, I just don't know how anyone can ever read uh, the Gospels and come to that conclusion. Yeah, you just can't. Right. Uh, it seems that Jesus was actually not at all that interested in what the Jews. The Jews wanted to seize him at one point and make him their king mm-hmm. to overthrow Rome.
1: Right. Um even at his his resurrection, the disciples are saying, Will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? Yeah. They still were asking, Is this when you overthrow the Romans? Yeah, you have an
0: occupying force in mm-hmm. Israel. You have an a, you there the people of Israel are oppressed yeah. by the Romans. Right. And Jesus, his mission and his ministry makes it pretty clear to us that he that's not what he's concerned with. He's concerned with something deeper, yeah. which brings about How the reason why people suppress each other, uh, the fundamental heart issue behind all of this, and that's what he's here to deal with. Um, So that they take that and extrapolate it out into the world in which we live, and divide everything up by oppressed uh, and oppressors, and they say that Jesus is always on the side of the oppressed. And so we, what our mission then of anti-racism is to dismantle the structures of oppression that exists in society, and that's doing the work of a Christian. Mm-hmm. That's what he says the mission of the Church is, is, to dismantle these systems of power which are oppressing people, and of course he lists them, these things like people that are poor, or minorities, or homosexuals, and yeah. he, there's a whole list right. that falls into mm-hmm. the uh, intersectionality group And So that's the mission of the Church. Right. So I was talking to you earlier, there's, uh, there's several verses that are conveniently always just straight-up ignored um, by liberation theology uh, proponents, and, um, oh, where is it at? It's in Chapter 5. Is it in Chapter 5? I can't find it now, George. I'm going to find <laughs> it. I just had it. Why did I flip my
1: page? I don't know. Why would you flip your page? I don't know. I do not know why I did that. Um, it was. It's chapter eight, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what
0: you're? Is that what you're referencing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. Um, it's in chapter eight, uh, eight thirty-one. So Jesus speaking to uh, those in power uh, in the Jews, he has a interesting conversation with them. Yeah. It, it gets really interesting, and it's really relevant for what we're talking about. That's why I'm surprised they never talk about it. Like, If you want to talk about liberation theology, yeah, this is the go-to verse, man. <laughs> this is it, yeah. but we're going to be talking about a different type of liberation. Uh, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know mm-hmm. the truth, and the truth will set you free. So all these other Jews around, and here's what they say back to him. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say how is it you say that uh that you will become free? I, I kinda
1: do, do you remember
0: the you're the, what they said? We've yeah. never been enslaved to anyone.
1: Do you remember that scene in in uh, Infinity War where uh Iron Man and Spider Man and Doctor Strange they're they're on um Titan mm-hmm. and they meet the Guardians of the Galaxy and uh the Guardians of the Galaxy are just they just are buffoons. Yeah, and I can't remember what they say, but but Tony Stark just stands there and kind of like stares off in the space. <laughs> like what? What did I just hear? <laughs> I, I kind of imagine that there's a pause between verses um, 33 and 34 here. Yeah, when they say <laughs> we've never been enslaved to anyone, Jesus just kind of like sta- <laughs> stands there <laughs> like this, like this, this kind of dead eye. <laughs> Did I just hear? Did I just hear you right? <laughs> we've yeah. never, we've never been enslaved to anyone. <laughs> so I was just thinking. Let's see. There's the Egyptians and the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Persians and the Greeks and oh, oh, what's, oh, going?
0: Yeah. Yeah, what's going on here? What are the? Uh, we're surrounded. There's Roman soldiers everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a bizarre statement. Yeah, we've never been enslaved to anyone. Right. Oh man. Uh, so Jesus' answer is very important, I think, in this whole liberation theology argument. Um, Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave mm-hmm. to sin. And that gets back to the fundamental right. issue behind all of this, is mm-hmm. that we just don't need behavior modification. Right? We're enslaved, and we're willful slaves, because yeah. it's, it's our own sin that we mm-hmm. love. And Jesus says we're enslaved to it, right. and slaves can't make themselves; they can't free themselves. Yeah. That's the that's the you're in bondage, you're in oppression. Yeah.
1: And this this isn't this isn't white people going around saying we've got it all figured out. You just need to become like us. You just need to become you know westernized. That's 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 how they're framing this, and that's that simply is not the case. the The sin problem is not based on your skin. It's it's just the fact that you are a son or daughter of Adam. Yeah. And so you come into this world as a slave to sin. And different cultures are going to express that in different ways. Um, we and um, Amer- re- Americans express it in their own depraved ways. And people that live in the middle of a jungle, they express it in a different way. But It's still the same problem, right? And there is only one solution, and it's not to become liberated from the oppressors. Yeah, it's meant to be liberated from your sin and the bondage of the devil. If if there's one oppressor, it's it's Satan. Yeah, Um, and Jesus has come to destroy the works destroy the 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 works of the devil. Yeah.
0: So he says, anyone who sins—that's everyone—is a slave to sin. Right. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Yeah. And, and that's the mission of the church, is yeah. to go preaching that there's freedom in Christ. So why do cultures oppress other cultures? Why do different races throughout all of history, why have they oppressed each other? Um, I mean, you go through any, any history, right? Take a history of Africa. It's a history of warfare and oppression upon each other. Right. The history of North America before before white people ever set foot here. It's a history of warfare and oppression and slavery. Even mm-hmm. taking slaves. Right. Um, this is the history of humanity, and that root at uh, of it is the human heart, which is enslaved to sin. Yeah. So Jesus has come to liberate us, and only He can do it from our sin and make us free. And and I and I still believe it. If and I don't, we won't see it. I don't believe we will see that uh, this side of the new heaven and the new earth, because um, I'm not that post mill. <laughs> right? I don't I'll get into eschatology. Uh-huh. Um, but if everyone, if all peoples of of the earth lived this way, uh, oppressions would would cease. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um the The problem with um, these these people that hold the crt and and intersectionality and whiteness as the oppressive they're they're trying I don't know if they just have a narrow view of history or if they're just rewriting it to act like um, slavery is a white man's invention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like w- white people are the only ones who have ever oppressed other people groups. And that's a very that's a very narrow focus of history because um, uh, the the Native Americans there were tribes that were enslaving others they were at war there was cannibals Um, Africa like you said um, South America there there's been oppression and slavery and paganism and it's not a it's not a white man white man didn't come in and make things worse because the Incans and the Mayans were already doing human sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, they they already were uh, oppressing some of the smaller tribes.
0: Yeah, they would enslave them. They
1: would enslave them. Yeah, yeah. there was a reason why some of the tribes sided with the the Europeans because they wanted <laughs> because to get they hit. wanted to be freed. Yeah. Um. So they were siding with the people that had the guns, mm-hmm. right? Um. So it's not a it's not a white a white person versus everyone else. It's sinner versus sinner, and even if every white person in America divested themselves of their whiteness and laid down their power, the only thing that would happen is that someone else would become an oppressor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because without the gospel, that's that's what we do. Uh, that's what Paul Paul writes in, in Titus. He says that before Christ came and, and before we had our eyes open to the gospel, we hated God and we hated each other. Yeah. And uh, so, what he's doing here is he is trying to extinguish the only hope that the world has. Yeah, he's he's saying that we it, don't need this. We don't need the savior complex, the savior theology to go to other to these cultures and try to save them. It's
0: another gospel, man. Mm-hmm. Like we got to stop. I think we need to stop playing nice with these guys. Yeah, Paul is our example in Galatians. Mm-hmm. Let him be anathema. For preaching another gospel, yeah, it's it's a corruption of the gospel, and that's where that's where Paul draws the line. Let him be anathema.
1: Yeah. So it's not just this guy, right? This is stuff that is still going on in the SBC, Mm -hmm. and so we still got guys that are pushing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So another video came out this week.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to like. What's the context of this video, uh, and where did it come from? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know either, man. I, 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 it just popped up, and I was really surprised because all of the presidents of the SBC yeah. they released that statement mm-hmm. um, that Couple they were ago, they yeah. were uh, That's CRT, the that CRT that CRT
1: CRT is incompatible with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, and yeah. so they all si- they all signed this letter. It was dispersed that um uh, that critical race theory is not compatible with um what the yeah, Southern Baptist Convention I holds video up. which is what's so frustrating is that they they give lip service to this to to a statement like this, and then Danny Aiken, president of southeastern uh, Baptist theological Seminary, um here's a video that undermines it.
0: Yeah, what's interesting to me about this video is he would speak out against CRT intersectionality, but what what becomes apparent, I think, is that the um, the ideologies have apparently become ingrained in the way he thinks about things. Mm-hmm. So he can probably, I think he is in good faith saying, I'm not for this, but it's already so much influenced the way he thinks, mm. it comes out. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Okay, let's watch.
4: Need to learn, above all things, I think, to be good listeners. Uh, Over the last several years, as I've tried to help build a culture for racial reconciliation and kingdom diversity, uh, which is a core value of Southeastern Seminary, uh, I've come to understand more and more that my perspective is not the perspective of uh, my African American brothers and sisters or my Hispanic brothers and sisters, my Asian brothers and sisters uh they really do see uh life differently uh they're operating out of a different
0: i'm gonna pause it there for a second yep okay let's talk about what he said so far
1: hey first did you see the symbol at the beginning of the video was it different erlc
0: okay yeah that's that's who recorded this
1: it looked like it yeah Looked like the erlc is the ones that yeah released it (laughs) surprise surprise
0: so what he's talking about here is uh, that we need to listen to each other. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We, right. do, we do need to listen to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's okay. The mm-hmm.
1: issue comes in... And we do come from different backgrounds and, and different life experiences. We that's, do. That's true. I mean, yeah. even even between you and I, there's we come from different backgrounds. Right. The issue comes up, though, when we begin to talk about... Um,
0: why we need to do that? Yeah. Like, what's behind that? Like, so why do white people need to listen and not speak on issues of justice? Yeah. Or uh, because and the and the answer comes down to what's called a uh, standpoint epistemology, right?
1: And there's also this generalized view. Um, my my black brothers and sisters they view the world differently than I do, and it's making this general, this broad statement that every black person has the same viewpoint like you're lumping everyone and saying everyone who's black thinks this way which in itself is kind of racist it's kind of racist it's a little racist yeah it's like saying all white people think the same way all white people don't (laughs) they don't have the same they don't have the same experiences and the same background we don't we don't think alike yeah there's not like this this one culture uh just thinks all in the same way that that simply is ridiculous. Yeah. So, when standpoint epistemology, it's
0: the it's the idea that uh, you you learn and understand things about the world or even scripture, like mm-hmm. you learn and understand the scripture yeah. based on uh, your standpoint of okay. who you are. And but in this day and age, it's being applied to race. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, black people see reality different than white people, right. which, like as you said, is in itself racist yeah. to lump all black people into the same, or to say all Hispanic people read the scriptures the same way, mm-hmm. different than you, and so their their point of views are all as valid as yours. Uh, in some some cases, they would say more valid, yeah. because those that are oppressed um, see things more clearly than the oppressor. And so the oppressor just needs to shut their mouth because they don't understand reality. Right. Reality is actually seen through the lens of those that are oppressed. Yeah, But it, it's lumping these people into these groups. Mm-hmm. And so listen to how these groups see reality. That's standpoint epistemology applied to race Right, today. Yeah. And it's even come out in a, I think, and I haven't read the book yet, um, Reading While Black, Yeah, but just the title,
1: <laughs> right.
0: like a is enough to say like it probably doesn't have great stuff in it.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, because I th- and it it undermines the perspicuity of scripture. Yeah, the, I love yeah. that. I love that word. You love to because say because it. it just <laughs> it means clarity and it's the most unclear word. Um, the the clarity of scripture. Like you can you can come to the scripture as a white person or a a black person um, Asian um, Hispanic, what, whatever, you can come to the Scripture, and the Scripture is clear and plain, and so you can understand what it says. Yeah, And it doesn't say something different to me because I'm a white guy than from someone who comes as a black woman. Right. It, we, we come, and it says what it says. But see, you're promoting traditional epistemology. <laughs> right.
0: That's in, in philosophical
1: terms. And, that's, and that is uh, just because I'm an oppressive well, yeah, see
0: in, in traditional philosophical terms, what that what that means is the truth is the truth. Mm-hmm. No matter who is trying to acquire it, right. it remains the same. Right. But standpoint epistemology is linked to postmodernity, and that yep. is that truth can actually change yep. based off who is from their perspective, mm-hmm. from their standpoint. Um, it's gaining it's, that information.
1: Right. It's a reader response hermeneutic. Yeah. It's um, you interpret it the way that it affects you. The way that you understand it is the way that you understand it, and someone else can read it in a different way, and it, it means something different. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's all, that's all rooted in postmodernism. Right. Um, but that's not the kind of hermeneutic that we hold to. We don't hold to, to reader response hermeneutic. We, we hold to uh, a historical, grammatical, um, literary, redemptive history approach. Like, what do the words say? When, when, what does a word mean? What, what do those words mean in a sentence, in a paragraph, in the book? What, what's it mean? What's going on? What's the context? Who wrote it? Who's he writing it to? What, what are the circumstances? How does this point to Christ? How does this fit into the entire Bible? That's, that's how you read the Bible, not, not like even churches in, in America, churches I grew up in, you know, sitting around in a circle, what does this mean to you? Mm-hmm. That's reader response. Like, who cares what it means to me? What does it mean? <laughs> what what does what do the words mean? Right when when John wrote what Jesus said here that that uh, the Son will set you free. What did he mean? Well, reader response would say he he came to liberate us from oppression. Right. Well, I I can get behind that if you say that the oppressor the oppress oppressor is. Sin. Yeah, <laughs> he did come to set us free from sin. Yeah, but a reader response could take that and say, "Well, it, it has to do with you know critical race theory stuff." Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and I'm okay. I'm okay with listening to people's understanding of things in the world. So, like, if we're if we're going to apply this today, like, what he's saying, let's say to uh, a lot of the racial tensions that that have gone on in America today, like police shootings, or mm-hmm. uh, yes, you should listen to maybe your, your black. Brothers and sisters, how is that affecting them? Right. How are they? How, how are they viewing what's going on, mm-hmm. and how people are responding to that? Because they they have a different perspective on that stuff than you. Uh, but I think what what we don't do is we don't say we're going to yield ultimately what truth is going to be based off how people perceive truth to be. You yeah. see what I'm saying?
1: <clears throat> right. And truth doesn't change based on how you feel. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Truth is simply that which conforms to reality, mm-hmm. not based on what I feel about it, right? But what actually is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so let's uh, let's keep going on in this video. But one of the things I don't like about how they do this stuff is that they just completely write off uh, black people that don't fit into their. Right. And to their standpoint, like they think black people should all be in this one standpoint, which you said is racist, right? Yep. But then when you encounter like Bodie Bakum mm-hmm. or Virgil, Virgil Walker uh-huh. and uh, Daryl, Har- is it Harrison?
1: Harrison, yeah, I believe it's uh, Harrison. Well, they
0: just write them off uh-huh. as like, uh, you guys just have white minds. Right. Like how racist are you? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's crazy, man. Right. So let's keep, let's continue on this okay. video.
4: The uh, paradigm, a different context uh, that's very different than mine. And I didn't really realize that until I stopped talking uh, and began to listen. So I think one of the things that white evangelicals in particular have got to do is become better listeners. Uh, in addition to that, we've got to be willing to surrender power, uh, which is again, uh, not uh, indigenous to our nature. Uh, as I often say, not only do we need.
0: To- Ibrahim calls that. Ibrahim X. Kendi calls that anti-racism. Right. Okay. That's doing the work of anti-racism. Okay. Surrendering power.
1: Yeah. Any any yeah. any word on whether uh, Danny Akin stepping down as president of Southeastern? Right. Is he, right. he going to lead by example?
0: So here's the president. And so uh-huh. what I what I said is okay, uh, step down. Let Virgil Omaha Walker. Uh, <laughs> Let him step in there as a the president. Yeah, if you really believe this stuff, right? But of course, he's not going to step right. down. He's not
4: going. He's hit.
1: just going to. He's just going to tell us what to do. Yeah, that's right.
4: Invite ethnic minorities uh, uh, into our uh, room and uh, to have a seat at the table. Uh, we even need to be willing to surrender leadership at the table if we're really going to make progress and. Really Still uh, help uh, mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters understand. We see them on an equal plane with ourselves.
1: There they it is, it. ERLC. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. there's right. your hard your uh,
0: SBC dollars right there, <laughs> hard at work. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, why should we listen to this guy at all? Uh,
0: well, you, uh, he's not d-
1: divesting himself of power. He's not. He's not given. He's not giving up his his leadership for, um, you know, a black person to take over. Why should I listen to you?
0: That's a good question, man. I, I I don't know. Why why? Yeah. Why why should why should you listen to that? You sh- maybe shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. uh, it's wild. It's it's crazy. Yeah.
1: All right. So I came across this tweet going along with what what we've been talking about. And I, I thought it was an interesting question. Um I don't know this guy, uh, Justin Bullington. But he, uh, he, he wrote, question for Danny Aiken, Matt Chandler, Ed Setzer, and all pastors who, quote unquote, cautiously affirm CRT, systemic racism, and oppressive whiteness. Should we continue to send white American missionaries into people groups with predominantly black or brown skin? If so, why? On what grounds?
0: That's a good question. Did they, did they answer did they answer? no. <laughs> of course not. Yeah, of course they didn't <laughs> answer that question. They don't they, they answer don't, that. They don't answer real it's, questions. They never do. When people pose real questions to them, they don't answer them. And
1: this guy was very, very gracious. I read the the thread and he was very gracious. And he's he's not coming from a CRT um, position, but he is asking a legitimate question. What is what's missions going to look like in the next five to ten years? If this is true, if they're going to hold on to this, that that whiteness is um, just naturally oppressive, that there's systemic racism, that we've got a problem in the SBC, I think these are all SBC guys, um, should we continue to send white missionaries?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Kendi would say no. Right. He'd say
1: no way. Right. Well, I mean, what what would a missionary even do mm-hmm. in liberation theology? Like, shouldn't you just be become sending, a revolutionary? shouldn't Shouldn't you see? Be, this is why instead it, of training them in in Bible, shouldn't you train them in like military <sighs> action to be a revolutionary? Right? Like, shouldn't you be sending instead of missionaries? Shouldn't you be sending in you know, uh, guerrilla fighters?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it emerged out of Marxist ideology, uh-huh. and the purpose the purpose of it is to help the oppressed overthrow. Right. Uh, the uh, what is the term the uh, the hegemony, yeah, the bourgeoisie, the bourgeois, yeah. and the proletariat, right, to help them rise up, yeah. So that's this is this is the roots of liberation theology. Right. They just took that yeah. uh, type Marxist ideology. They took Marxist ideologies and applied it to theology. Right. That's what people, mm-hmm. and that's why people say you can't call people Marxist. Well, <laughs> don't adopt Marxist ideologies. It's <laughs> <Right>. very simple.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a legitimate question. Should you continue sending white people into uh, cultures that are not white? Should you just send black missionaries to black, black cultures? It's a it's a a real question. Yeah. I mean, if you if well, you're re- if you're really gonna uh you know, if you're really going to follow CRT and and claiming that there's systemic racism and that whiteness is oppressive and we need to divest ourselves of whiteness. Um that uh, you know, Christian nationalism and colonizing and and all of this that they, you know, are throwing around. What's missions gonna look like?
2: Yeah. I um
1: don't know. Yeah, there is and we talked about it before, there there's that island um off of the coast of India.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But
1: yeah. where it's illegal to go. Yeah, where, where that where that missionary was killed uh several years ago. Unreached people group there. Unreached, completely unreached because they kill people that you know no one can get close. Yeah. Um they're not being oppressed by anybody. They're they are completely isolated. If there's any oppression it's it's individuals in in this tribe, right? Right to each other. Are they okay? I'm I mean, gonna, un- I'm under liber- I'm under on. liberation theology, should we just leave them alone? Yeah. Or is it going to take courageous missionaries to try to reach them, well, the guys all
0: looked very militaristic. The, the pictures and videos I've seen, yeah. So my question is: Is when are the feminists going to go there, yeah. and free those women from oppression, right? From those men, <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: yeah, doesn't apply anywhere else, right? Right, in the world, doesn't apply. It only applies here in America. Feminists, they're, stra- they're strange. Yeah. They don't want. They want. They don't want to go to the, like the Middle East, uh-huh. where there's real oppression of women going on. Right. they're just not interested in that
1: yeah at all um but you know if if there's a if there's a courageous white missionary who's ready to die for the sake of the gospel trying to reach these people what are we going to do we're going to say no you're a white guy yeah. like you got a white savior complex yeah that's. i mean there's there's legit that this this CRT stuff. It's not. It's not just. It's not just um, a localized thing, right? Like it has major repercussions for the gospel and the mission of the church and the fate of souls. Like people will go to hell um, for stuff like this, right? And so we need to be really careful, and we need to think through this stuff.
0: Yes, that's, that's right.
1: Instead of just um, adopting the rhetoric that yeah. is getting thrown around. And just yeah. because a guy is sitting in a church spouting this stuff off and people are applauding him doesn't mean that it's not a lie from hell.
0: Yeah. Again, there's various degrees, right, of this mm-hmm. and how people have adopted it. Right. Um, I don't think that Danny Akin has adopted liberation theology. I don't think he's even anywhere close. Right. Um. Or and he would say he denies CRT, but I think what we see is he has at least adopted at some level. He's been influenced by some of these ideas. Right. When you start to tell people, hey, you need to divest yourself of power, mm-hmm. um, that's 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 it comes out of these ideas. Yeah. Um, and so, or the ideas of standpoint epistemology that yeah. they may have access to a truth we don't have access to. Yeah. Um, he's in, being influenced. It to a degree, so uh, there are degrees to to this, I guess, right. is what we would say.
1: So um, how is the how is the church supposed to supposed to uh, to live? So we're we're being told, you know, white people need to divest their power; they need to give black people a seat at the table, a seat at leadership. What 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 is what? How does Paul deal with racism in the church, and well, and I think
0: I think you just well, I think you know what you're going to read. Um, we don't show partiality to anyone. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, no partiality to
1: anyone. Well, that's not what I was going to read. Okay, but <laughs> that is a good place. You, okay. That is a good place to go. All right. Well, I'm thinking of Romans uh-huh. um, because Romans, you've got um, the Jews and the Gentiles. They are there's tension there and some of this is racism. Yes. Um and so I'm I'm looking at Romans chapter 12 uh verses 9 through 13. Um he says he's talking to these Christians. This this is not just out in a vacuum. He's talking to Jews and Gentiles that are in a church. There's tension between them. He's teaching them how to live. And he doesn't tell the Romans you need to divest yourself of your whiteness. Mhm. He says, let love be genuine. That literally means without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Yeah. That's, that's big. Mm-hmm. This, this is completely at odds with CRT. Yeah. We're supposed to be outdoing one another in showing honor. So it's not just the it's not just one sided. The white people need to lay down their their privilege. Whites need to to honor other ethnicities. Other ethnicities are supposed to honor every everyone else, right? Right. Like it's 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 mutual. Yeah. Uh, Do not be slothful in zeal; be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality yeah yeah this is what a church is supposed to look like that consists of um white black brown any color skin any ethnicity any background this is how we're supposed to live we're supposed to be loving one another with brotherly affection not not constantly accusing each other of of you know um, being oppressive or being privileged outdoing one another um, showing honor mm-hmm. and um, doing this with zeal because we're serving the Lord this, yeah. this is what a, this is what a Christian church looks like that's that's, right. that's actually obeying the gospel and actually obeying the scriptures yeah. Yeah, and then you have James
0: and two one. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith mm-hmm. in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And then he goes on to uh, explain, and and the what he's getting at is don't show partiality here to those that are rich, yeah, right. And say, hey, you sit here at the nice seat, and you know, just ignore the poor people, and we don't want you here. But these nice <laughs> places, show no partiality. Yeah. But in the Roman Empire. Um, it doesn't depend on. It doesn't matter what color you are. You may be an insanely wealthy right. black man. Yeah. So it applies across the board. Everyone is to show no partiality to anyone else, and so that right. definitely applies to race today. Yeah. And uh, we are to show no partiality to treat everyone as as equals, as equal image bearers, as equals as those who Christ has died to redeem. Um, and that's very different than what we're being bombarded with yeah. in this culture,
1: right? Yeah, when we say that the the scriptures actually give the answers for racism, that's we're not paying lip service, we're not we're not just spouting out you know, niceties. Mm-hmm. We actually believe that the scriptures hold the answers to um all the problems that keep getting raised by CRT and intersectional proponents like the answers to this to racial tension and and prejudice it's found in the scriptures. That's um right. ra- racism was it was an issue in the in the early church. You've got the the Jews who have the gospel and it takes persecution for them to go to the to the Gentiles because they viewed the Gentiles as unclean. Yeah. Um as outside of the covenants, out, outside of the promises. Yeah. And um, God sends them to the nations. And now you've got you've got Christians who are Jewish, and you've got Christians who are Gentiles, and they're coming into one church, and there's going to be tension. Uh-huh. There's going to be some prejudice prejudice that they have to get over. And the, so the, the, the apostles, they're writing in this context. And um, it's amazing. They don't really talk about whiteness. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they talk about loving one another because Christ has loved us.
0: Right. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, why don't you shut us down, George? Bring us home. Sure. I'll cue the music.
1: All right. Well, hopefully this has been beneficial and edifying for you as we've uh, looked at some of the uh, the current issues that are going on, uh, not only in America, but around the world. And uh, we've been looking at it from a, a biblical worldview. We, we want everything to come back to what has God said, because we believe that God has spoken and we have his word and, and we are called to be obedient. And so um, may this be a, a help to you and an encouragement to you um, that you may might search the scriptures, and may all of your, uh, your um, actions, all your thoughts, all your beliefs, your worldview come from the Bible as it helps you to become more and more conformed to Christ.